This is my tribe. This is my tribe. This is my tribe. starting school back up, I was thinking as I was writing this that one of my least favorite things when I was going to school and growing up was like all the random names and dates I had to remember. So who who likes history class? Like raise your hand if you like history. History buffs, you enjoy it. How many of you are like really good at it? Like you remember everything all the time. Just history? I was always pretty decent at it because I would work my butt off, but I couldn't stand it. I hated having to learn it. Like thinking about when was Cleopatra alive? Exactly. Exactly. Or... Who was, the, who was the fifth president of the United States? Anybody know that answer? It's not Benjamin Franklin, I promise that. I'll have a, I'll have a confession, I really don't know. I think it was, I think it was, you sound right, sure. One of those older names. It was Barack Obama. When was the, who knows when the Great Wall of China was built? Hmm? 1822. You think so? When was the Great Wall of China built? Who knows? Cade? I don't know. I don't have any of the answers. That sounds right. What? I what? I can't hear you from all the way back there. I'm sorry. Or when was the Statue of Liberty gifted to the United States? And who who gifted it? Ooh, good. Yeah, I don't know when either. Really? Sounds right. So, those questions are to me, I, I couldn't stand them in school, right? I never could remember them. I didn't understand the point. I used to wonder all the time, like, why do I have to memorize these names and dates of things that happened just so long ago? How, how does it matter to me? Like, what does this have to do with me? None of this matters to me, right? And how is this information ever going to matter to me in my everyday life? And now today, I've kind of learned to appreciate history a little more. I don't completely hate it like I used to. I, in some ways, I 
think it's kind of cool to know what happened and to see who was here, you know, before us and how it all played out, right? And I still don't remember remember a lot of dates, obviously, since I asked you those questions, and I put them on there, and I don't remember the dates, and I looked them up before I went on vacation, and don't remember, because I wanted to see if I could, and I obviously didn't. But when I had to learn that stuff, I felt like it was irrelevant. I just, I just didn't care. I didn't care at all. And today we're going to talk about something that I think has the potential to feel exactly the same way. We're going to talk about the Bible. So in this series, Tebow kind of started it off for us last Sunday, talking about how in order to get to know God, we need to make a habit out of connecting with God and connecting with him. And last Sunday we met and we talked about learning to see God as a God who can who can have a we can have a relationship with one that we can actually have a relationship with not just some God who makes rules we have to follow or we have to listen to or just a bunch of history memorized right and we said that that connection with God that connection one that's a relational connection is it's a life-changing connection it's a way better goal to go after for us as believers than just making sure we don't get in trouble with God or we remember every name and every date, right? So now, when we were in a worldwide lockdown and still somewhat are in some way, shape, or form, but because of the pandemic, it was really difficult for us not to see each other all the time, right? Like we couldn't see each other all the time. It was challenging to not be able to spend time with each other and to see each other face to face, you know, and be actually with our friends and our family in a way that was relational. And the one thing that made it a little bit easier was we had Zoom and we had FaceTime. We had these video, you know, platforms for us to be able to connect with each other and to see each other. But the issue with this is we don't have that when it comes to God. Like we don't see God. He's always present, but we can't see him, so it takes a lot of faith. It takes a lot of faith to trust that he's here. But the good news is I think there are, there are some things that we can do to help us get to know God better, and one of them is what I said we're going to talk about tonight, and that's the Bible. One thing we can do is we can read the Bible, and if you've been to church for a long time, that may be the answer you were expecting. You probably thought, he's going to tell me I need to read the Bible if I want to connect with God. Heard it before. Or maybe if you're new to this whole church thing, you're still kind of wondering, what really is the Bible? Like, what is this? I, I mean, I hear about it, but I don't really understand it. And what the Bible is, it's, it's this collection of books that were written by a bunch of people over the span of a lot of time, a lot of years. And in a lot of ways, it can feel just like that history book in class that we're reading. It can feel just like that. Like when I said I was growing up in high school, I would wonder what the purpose of learning all of that was, of learning all the historical information. How was this important in my present life? The Bible can sometimes feel that exact same way when you're reading it. Sometimes, sometimes it seems like the Bible is irrelevant. It just seems like the Bible is irrelevant to life right now. On top of that, anything written that long ago is just going to be difficult to understand. 
It was written in a different language, in a time period where they talked completely different, and everything that was going on in the world looked different than it does today. Some of it is just really, really confusing, right? Like you try to read it, it's just confusing. The language doesn't make sense. They talk about things like Pharisees or Sadducees, and it's easy for us to look at those words and say, who in the world are those people, and why do I even care? Like, why do I care about it? And that is what's talked about in the New Testament, right? Pharisees and Sadducees. And that is probably the less confusing part of the Bible. This less ancient portion of the Bible that records life after Jesus came to earth. But before Jesus came to earth, we read the Old Testament. And on the other hand of the New Testament, it can be even more difficult to understand. Even more difficult to understand. And sometimes it feels like the Bible is just completely too confusing. I'm not even going to pick it up because it just confuses me, so what's the point? And honestly, sometimes it's just not an easy read. Like you sit down and you try, you give it a good effort, but some of the parts of the Bible, they just go on and on and on. And if you find yourself in, a, in some specific section in the Bible, you better not be like laying on your couch or laying in bed because I've done it before and I've just fallen asleep. I do it sometimes when I pray, but a lot of times when I am reading the Bible, if I catch myself laying in bed, you know, trying to read it on my phone off to the side, I'll just drift off. Because sometimes the Bible seems like it's boring. It just seems plain boring. Not only does it not sound like fun, but some parts aren't even a little bit interesting to you. Like you read it and it just doesn't interest you. Like why am I even reading this? Why does it matter? But in the church world, there's a lot of hype around reading the Bible, right? Like we hear it a lot. The preacher preaches about it. People talk about how it's changed their lives and they post pictures of their Bible studies on Instagram. People tell you all the time, you know, Christian believers who are older than you have told you, you need to read the Bible, you need to read the Bible. But if it feels irrelevant, confusing, and boring, then why? Like, why do we do it? And how? Where do we even start when it comes to something like this? It seems like a lot of work without much of a payoff. Maybe you've even tried before. You really have. You're like, ah, this year I'm going to read the whole Bible. Or this month I'm going to commit to a Bible study. Maybe you decide you and your friends are going to get together and you're going to do your own Bible study. But you didn't really get anything from it. It didn't really do anything. You didn't get magical answers to your problems or feel relief from your anxiety. Because sometimes it seems like the Bible doesn't make a difference. I think what we'll talk about today, and I know what we'll talk about today, if you take it serious and you actually apply it, can be a game changer for you in this area. Not only when it comes to your view of the Bible, but also in your ability to connect with God. And I think that's something we all want to do, right? In some way, shape, or form, you want to connect 
with God. So how does reading an ancient book help us with connecting with God? Well, like I said, the Bible is divided into two parts. You have the Old Testament and the New Testament. But even within those pieces, the books can be really different in their style and how they're writing, right? For example, we're going to look at a passage that comes out of a book of poetry in the Old Testament. And this book of poetry is called Psalms. And it's basically a collection of songs and poems that people of that time would have repeated together. It would have been a mantra for them. Things that they studied together, they read together, they sang together. It's kind of like the songs that we sing and memorize in church today. And this particular book is the longest book of the Bible. And a lot of it was written by King David, who is the most famous ancient king in the Bible. So this is a really important book. It's a big book. It's written by one of the most important people of the Old Testament. And it's the longest book in the Bible. And it's full of a lot of good things. And if you've ever read the account of David's life, the writer, I can promise you that it's not boring either. So there are things in the Bible that aren't as boring as we think they are. But the passage that we're going to look at today is the first verse of the book of Psalms. And it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. That's just the beginning. But in short, he's basically saying, don't hang out with people who are bad influences, right? Like, we all get this. Let's just say you hang out with people who compulsively steal things. Maybe that's you. I don't know. Maybe you have friends that like to steal. I was never around people that like to steal, but maybe you are. And eventually, you're probably going to find yourself in trouble, right? The better option would be to just not hang out with them. Like, if they're going to steal, then why be around them? The writer's saying that the person who does these things who avoids hanging out with these bad influences is someone who is blessed. Another word for it is happy. You could also say more at peace. But no matter what you say, the end result is the exact same. You're better because you chose to stay away from the bad influences. The benefits are the same, no matter how you define the word. And there are benefits to doing it the way that David describes here. But for our purposes, we'll say that it means happy. But think of it as like a different kind of happy than like if you were at McDonald's and you ordered a small fry and they gave you a large. Like that makes you happy, but let's think of it as like a bigger happy than that. Like the author's saying that happy is the person who avoids the company of bad influences. And think of it as like happiness like times 10. And it sounds simple enough, but the writer keeps going. It says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. So now he makes a statement about what can make us feel blessed, and then he contrasts it with something. To be happy, don't hang around bad influence right? To be happy, do learn and think about the things that God cares about. So he gives you a don't, 
and he replaces it with a do. People who focus on God's word, they make it a part of their lives and they hang on to it, is what he's saying. And if you do that, you're blessed. You're happy. You're better for it. Because they have it in their brains at a time when they need it. So think of it like this. When you don't get invited to that party, instead of questioning your self-worth, you remember that God loves you. Or when you're tempted to comment something mean on someone's Instagram post, you recall that Jesus demonstrated real love to his enemies. Or when you go through hard things like parents separating or losing a close family member, you remember that Jesus promised to be with you no matter what and through it all. See, when we read and focus on God's word, it helps guide us toward like a more full life. Another way to think about it is God's word changes us as we think about it. As you think about God's word, it changes you day in and day out. And the writer continues on and says, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So in other words, that person, so that person who does these things, the one who is planted in God's word is growing and is full of life. You're full of life when you do these things. They're like a tree planted by a stream, connected to the source of life, taking in water to help them grow daily. They're connected to what, what's true about what God views about their life, about themselves, and about others. See, it's not that anyone who follows God's word is financially rich or successful all the time. Like You're not going to have a perfect life just because you read the Bible. That's not what we mean by blessed. They are, however, setting themselves up to win when you do this. Because God's word gives them perspective, wisdom, and guidance in their life. See, when we read, study, meditate on, and memorize God's word, we live like a tree connected to a source of water. Like we stay connected to God. Our minds stay connected to the things that he wants us to focus on and think about and what he says is true about us and about others and how he tells us to love others and to love ourselves. This is one of the ways that God speaks to us through the Bible. So one of the ways you can think about the Bible is, is a way to listen to God. It's a way to hear what he has to say about you, what he has to say about your world, about your life, about the people around you. And as we do that, we learn more about him. Like listening to God helps us know him better. Helps us stay connected and it also helps us know who he is better. And as we get to know him better, we become better at navigating our lives. Because we start thinking the things that he thinks. We start doing the things that he wants us to do. We start acting in ways that he would want us to act. It's not that everything works out for us the way we want it to. It's just that we're more closely connected to the source, which is God who helps us 
go after the right things in life and make decisions that give you more peace and give you less regret each and every day. And also, reading the Bible gives our minds a better chance of being filled with God's truth instead of filling our minds with and filling that empty space in our mind with the lies that we're so prone to believe. See, when you're filling it up with what God has to say, there isn't room for all those lies that we tell ourselves daily or that you hear from other people daily. And according to this passage, it's the time spent learning God's word, studying it, memorizing it, thinking about it, that sets people up for success. Like, memorizing his word and actually taking the time to read it and understand it sets you up for success in life. It sets people on a path in life that makes life better and makes, makes them better at life. Like, makes your decisions better. How you interact with people is better. It's not a promise that life will be trouble-free or easy at all times if you do this. Instead, though, it, I think it's inviting us to something that is so much better than that. It's a life where we're capable of withstanding challenges and difficulties. Like, instead of everything just being perfect, you can have the ability to withstand the things in life that sometimes aren't fun. So when we live connected to God by studying and learning and memorizing his word, we live like this tree that David describes, connected to a source of water and life and goodness. Now, this all sounds good, right? Like this sounds good. You want that. Like you want to feel more connected to God. You want to make better decisions. You want your life to be set up for success. But how do, how do we actually incorporate it into our lives? How do we make it more than just thinking about it, more than just saying, I want that? Well, like most things, it takes a lot of time and practice. It really does. If there are people you know who seem to get a lot out of reading the Bible, like someone who all the time is talking about they got this from their Bible study, or yesterday they were reading the Bible and they, they felt like they heard this. Chances are, it's probably because they've been doing it for a while. They've been doing it for a long time. They've had the practice. They've got the reps in. They've had days where reading the Bible was really confusing. There were probably periods of time where they didn't feel like they got anything out of it. But they stuck with it. And they trudged on. They kept going. They didn't let that couple of times feeling like you didn't get anything out of it stop them. They didn't let a week of it or even a couple weeks of it. They kept going because they know what kind of good it can have in their life. You and I can't think of this as something that like magically happens overnight. And I'm no different than you guys. Sometimes when I sit down and I read the Bible, it's really hard for me to comprehend the words on the page. It's hard for me to stay focused. And a lot of times, I just put it away because I don't feel like it right then. It's taking too much thinking. It's taking too much of my time. Or I'm like, I'm not really getting anything out of it, so what's the point? But the point is, is that it's a habit that takes time to develop. So in order for this 
become a habit, we have to put in the time. You can't give in to those little whispers in your ear telling you it doesn't matter. Think more in terms of like quality than quantity. It's not a contest to see who can read the longest each day or who can read the Bible the fastest or who can memorize the most verses in the quickest amount of time. It's not at all what it's about. What it is about, though, is this is a way to get to know God better. It's a way to get to know God better. And if we're honest with ourselves, I think that's something we want, right? Getting to know God better was intended to be an enjoyable thing. It wasn't supposed to be boring and feel irrelevant. It was never meant to be a chore or feel like a homework assignment. It was a way for us to discover new things about the character of God. The character of someone who created you. It's an avenue for us to learn about the kind of world that God envisions for us and the kind of world that God wants. The Bible itself is a story that's way bigger than us. It may be a book that we can hold in our hands, but the story is way bigger than us. It shows us how to live a deeper life with with more purpose, with with more discovery about who God is, which changes everything about us from the inside out. And it's tough to make something a habit if we don't enjoy it, right? So you and I should should do our best. You and I can make the commitment together that we're going to do our best to enjoy our time listening to God through his word. Can we make that commitment? Can I get a nod? I'll make it with you, because like I said, I'm no different. But finally, I want, you, I want you to make reading the Bible and listening for God as easy as possible for yourself, especially at first, because it's not easy, right? It can be difficult. It can be confusing. It can feel like it takes forever. And an easy way is just to download the YouVersion Bible app, right? If you don't already have it on your phone, I encourage you to download it now. Like, get your phone out. Go to the App Store and download the YouVersion Bible app on your phone. It's for free. It doesn't cost anything. Or you can just simply go online and type in Bible.com. has the whole thing on there. Not only is the entire Bible available to all of us at pretty much all times, but in that app and on the website, you can search reading plans that offer like short, easy devotions, right, to get you started listening to God through his word, something that interests you. There's so many different categories of devotionals that apply to sports, young people, older people, boys, girls, like every category that you can think of, they have something for it. And then there's a short devotional that helps you understand what it was that you just read from the Bible. You don't have to do it on your own. So anywhere that you have a phone or the internet, you have access to God's word. Like, we don't have an excuse. We have no excuses for not reading God's word. So I encourage you to take advantage of that. Whatever you do, find a plan that's realistic and manageable for you. Find one that maybe it only lasts like a week. You jump in, you read it, and you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. 
and you find one that's a 30-day reading plan. And then you invite a friend to do it with you. It's that kind of thing that we can do if we just actually focus on it and make intentionality in our lives about God's word. See, listening to God helps us know him better, right? Imagine for a second, like if you felt confident that God was speaking into your life and your circumstances. If you were confident that what you were reading and what you were hearing was from God. Like, wouldn't it be amazing, like completely amazing to know that the creator of the universe, the creator of everything you see around you, the creator of you, was talking to you. Like, was actually talking to you. And then think about how cool it would be, like, in the midst of you hearing from him, like, you also got to know who he was better. Like, you got to understand his character better. What he wants for you and what he wants for everyone around you. Like, wouldn't you feel a stronger sense of of peace and confidence in life? That's the point behind all of this. It's not someone standing on stage at church and telling you, you need to read your Bible. That's not the point. The point is, is when you do, when you actually focus on the word, and you put some intentionality behind it, it gives you something that you can't get anywhere else. You can't get it anywhere else. And I know there are a lot of people in this room who just want peace in their life, who just want confidence in who God says they are, who just want direction on what to do. And those kind of things are in the Bible, and you can get them out of the Bible when we actually sit down Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for bringing us all here safely tonight. I thank you for each person in this room. I thank you for who you are and what you've done for us each and every day. I pray that as we go forward tonight, that we would we would change how we see your word. It wouldn't just be words on a page that are boring. It wouldn't just be historical dates and names. It wouldn't just be long words that we don't understand. But it would be your word. And it would be you speaking to us and speaking life into us. I pray that we would all find the drive to want to read your word. That we would change how we view it. And that we would focus on reading it, getting something out of it, and listening to you. I pray that each person in here has the confidence and peace from your word about who they are. And that it would teach them how to love each other better each and every day. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.